tell you the best hour of their day is bringing to you the best interviews from the best coaches out there. We are not lying. And we've got another great chat with my friend, Steph, the Hammer, Hammerman on today's episode. So sit back, relax, listen to Steph because she has been through it all. And she is one of my closest friends on this planet. And I'm excited to have her on the show. You're going to learn so much from her. Take some notes. Enjoy. Here she is, my good friend and yours, Steph the Hammer Hammerman on Best Hour of Their Day. Welcome back to another great interview. I've got Steph the Hammer Hammerman. Welcome, Steph. You can say hello. Hi, how are you? There we go. There we go. There she is. Hi, everyone. Let me give a brief introduction of you, Steph. All right, you ready for this? Yeah. All right, here we go. Steph owns Hammer Driven Fitness, home of CrossFit HDF. Pretty cool. You are the first person to achieve their level two CrossFit certificate that has CP. You are Nike's first adaptive training athlete. You are recent cancer recent cancer survivor, and you're, you're down thirty five pounds. And you date a wonderful man, my man Ty. <laughs> I do. It's it's all good things, and it's it's a lot of things, but it's been quite the journey. And actually, tomorrow I will celebrate seven years of CrossFit. So. Uh, I walked into my first CrossFit gym on May 3rd of 2012. Pretty insane. Wow, that's that is cool. We're probably gonna put this up in a couple of weeks, but you know, so y'all have been past that seven years. But great jumping off point, you know. Someone with CP um, mm-hmm. decides, hey, I want to check this CrossFit thing out. That's weird. That's strange, right? <laughs> I mean, what's that like? What makes you want to do that? So I was a competitive cyclist for about two years before I had started CrossFit. And for those that, you know, wonder, well, how are you a cyclist and you had CP? I was a hand cyclist. So I did a lot of the same repetitive motion over and over and over again. I'd probably done about four marathons, a couple half marathons, and a ton of 10Ks and 5Ks. And I was kind of bored of doing the same thing over and over and over again. I had worked with a personal trainer for about a year and we had gotten to a point where he was wonderful. He was great. He helped me get to some goals, but I just felt like I like hit that plateau and was getting bored. And I remember it was right before my graduation from college and I had talked to a friend of mine and kept seeing her like do these crazy workouts. And I'm like, well, where are you working out? I would love to come see you. She's like, yeah, why don't you come to my gym? And at the time, it was called CrossFit Hardcore in Boca Raton. Um, the guy that owned it, his name is Scott Lefferts, but everybody calls him Turbo. And so Turbo is from uh, Long Island, New York, like this big jack dude. You look, he really seemed intimidating, but at the crux of it, he was just like this super nice guy that really just wanted to help people. And I remember rolling into his gym. I had my crutches in my hand. And I was sitting in my power chair and I said, hey, I'm a competitive cyclist, but I think I want to be a CrossFit athlete. Do you think I could do this? And he looked at me and he's like, I've never worked with anybody like you before, but why not? 
And he told me to get on the floor. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. So I got on the floor and, like, put myself on the floor. And he goes, okay, get up. And I was like, oh, okay. And it literally took me almost a half hour to pick myself up. And he goes, okay, are you ready to do it again? And I was like, y- you mean, like, right now? And he's like, no, but, you know, these are the kinds of things that we're going to work on. And I can probably do about 50 burpees in about two minutes. So now it's definitely changed a lot. (laughs) That's, you know, a couple of things you said. One, I remember at my very first gym I worked at, Club Fit, we had one of those upper body ergometers. And it just collected dust because hand cycling is ridiculously hard. So kudos to you for that. And really cool that your friend and Turbo took you in because that was, you know, like you said, seven years ago, it was before the adaptive CrossFit seminar was before people, you know, realized, hey, this not just for adaptive athletes, but for anybody, it was before CrossFit's like anybody can do this. So that's really cool that they, they took in, he was willing to work with you three on the ground right away, like a good coach. And then here we are seven years later. And I still, I'm very close with him. I stay in contact with him. I see him quite often when we go back to Florida, you know, make sure I train with him. He actually just sent me a package for our seven year anniversary. And it's, it's you know, you got to remember the people that helped you start because I didn't just become Steph the Hammer overnight, right? It was like a very long process and I'm still learning every day. I'm still learning that I can do new things And yeah, it's really cool that we now have this community of, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of adaptive athletes all over the world. But at the time, I was the only one that I knew that was doing what I was doing. And so Turbo just kind of like rolled with it and was like, you want to try this? Sure, let's try it. And I remember doing Murph with him like a couple weeks after that. And we did probably like a quarter Murph or something, whatever I could do. And a year later, I did it with him again. And I did all of the push-ups. And I was so proud of myself because it was something that we were working towards, you know. And I still live with that every day. It's like you, you create goals and you work towards them. And once you achieve them, you find bigger goals. So... Clearly, right away, you were hooked if you went from May 3rd to Murph. I mean, there's only a few weeks in between. But what was that? Was it like right away, first workout, I'm in? Or was it you had to think about it? Were you just, I'm in, I love this. The dude made me do burpees. How do I sign up? Um, I really was at that point. I, You know, something. sometimes it's, you know, people just need to get their feet wet. I'm the kind of person, and I think you know this, is you kind of, I kind of just jump all in. And sometimes if it doesn't work, like I'll figure out my mistakes as I go along. But to me, he made me feel so comfortable and his community of people just accepted me. And it wasn't, what I liked about it was people thought it was inspiring, which was great, but nobody was patronizing about it. Right. And so like, people thought it was really cool that I was able to do certain things, but like nobody would come up to me and be like, Oh, like it's so good of you to be here. Right. Like that stuff. I, I can't stand. So for me, I felt like I was home because this guy didn't care who I was. He didn't care that I was in a chair. He didn't care that I used crutches. 
he is a very, you know, rough exterior. And if he thinks that you are not working hard enough, he will let you know. And I think that was the best kind of person for me to start with. It's important you say that because I'm not an adaptive athlete, but so often people are like, you're really strong for your size, Jay. And I'm like, (laughs) you know, what, what is that saying? Like that you're, you know, and it's the same thing. It's like almost patronizing. Right. And it's, it's cool. You are inspiring that you're doing something challenging, but we're all doing it. And you're just another person. You happen to be, you know, in a wheelchair or using crutches, but that doesn't matter. So it's cool. Like, it's cool to hear that. What, what was the journey from that? Okay, I'm, I'm in, I did Murph. When do you take your level one? So I took my level one April 20th of 2013. I actually failed my level one uh, my first time around. And um, Andrea... Um, Seaward? Uh, yeah, Andrea Seaward um, and Chris, I took the level one with them but we were actually we had become friends uh by that point and she really helped me study and understand like why I had failed and there were so many reasons as to why I had failed not just because of the test but because I was regurgitating information that somebody else was telling me but I wasn't actually connecting with it so she gave me uh three weeks we took three uh weeks after the test and she made me basically learn from every mistake that I had made and made me understand why I was making those mistakes. So for me, it was a huge learning experience. Number one, like I was devastated that I failed. But then when I started understanding why I was failing, it wasn't because I didn't know the material, it was because I wasn't connecting with the material. Right. And then if you're not connecting with what you're learning, you're not able to connect with the person in front of you. It doesn't matter whether you're adaptive or not. You need to be able to convey a message to the athlete in front of you in order to show that you have confidence in what you're going to teach them. Right. People don't pay me because they think, you know, it's amazing that I use a wheelchair and I'm a CrossFit trainer. They pay me for my knowledge. Right. And if I can't get you from point A to point B, then what good am I? Right. So I think Andrew taught me the greatest lesson I could have ever learned was you make a lot of mistakes and that's okay, but how do you learn from them? Andrea and Chris, awesome human beings. Chris is actually coming on the show in the near future, but it's important that you express this too. A lot of people listening, maybe they failed their level one test. It's a tough test. You know, people fail it every weekend. We have people coming back just to take the test. So pretty cool that not only did you you know, you failed, you went, you worked on your weakness, you came back, passed it. And ultimately you did pass your level two as well. But I want to talk first, you you know, you leave your level one, you want to start coaching. Tell me a little bit about the difficulties that I don't understand coaching from a wheelchair. So the, I have to say the coolest thing that happened to me was I met uh, David Wallace. Uh, and everyone calls him Chef. He owned CrossFit Rubicon in Virginia. I remember meeting him before I took my test. And I had said, do you think that I would be able to coach? And he said, not only do I think you'll be able to coach, but uh, you're going to be one of my coaches someday. And literally like a month later, I was moving to Virginia for four months to do an internship at his gym. Uh, Not only, you know, was he very well known in the adaptive community, 
but he didn't care that his coaches were adaptive as long as they knew what they were doing and, you know, wanted to learn. And so for me, for those four months, I think the coolest thing for me was making those mistakes constantly and then learning from them, right? And my biggest aha moment when I realized, like, okay, coaching from a chair can be difficult, but I had this aha moment. I taught a guy that was 6'3", how to do double unders. And I remember when it happened, he looked at me like, oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. And in my head, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. You know? So uh, coaching from a chair is definitely a, a different experience. But what's cool is you're really focused on your verbal cueing and being able to communicate and tell somebody and have them visualize through your words, right? And so I actually challenged my coaches to grab my chair sometimes and just coach from it. You know, teach overhead squats while you're sitting down and see how, you know, it makes it, I guess, different or it can make you a better coach. That's a, that's a unique perspective. That's something I've never thought of and really cool to, to think about. But I want to hammer home, no pun intended, something you said that's important. Those that listen to this podcast regularly, you just reiterated something almost every other great coach on the podcast has done, and that's immerse themselves in something. And you were willing to relocate, move, work under the tutelage of someone better than you, Chef, who's an awesome dude. I actually just wrote his name down to have him on the podcast. And that's really cool that you did that. Did you notice slowly that you would improve obviously teaching someone double unders what were some other indicators for you that you were getting better as a coach say that one more time i'm sorry you broke up a little bit what were some of the other indicators for you other than someone getting double unders for the first time that you were improving as a coach oh i mean i would i just had more confidence right like every time that i would coach somebody and i would start getting things you know, right, or I would be helping somebody, you know, get to their goals. That's when my confidence started going through the roof in the sense that I felt like I was good at it. You know, do I think that I'm the world's best coach? Absolutely not. But am I very confident in my ability to get you from point A to point B, whatever that B may be? Sure. And so there are definitely times where like, I remember I taught somebody how to climb the rope for the first time. And that's physically a movement that I will never be able to do. And so I think what's fun is that I'm able to create this experience for people where they look at me and in the first two minutes, they, they're like, oh, I wonder how that's going to work. And within five minutes of my class, you kind of forget that my chair exists. When did you decide it was time to take your level two? Um... I mean, shortly after that, I got my level two and my first level two in 2014. So within uh, a year, this is within a year. Okay, so you did CrossFit for about a year, take your level one, yeah. and then the same year you go back and take your level two. Uh, the year after. The so, year yeah. after. Okay, one mm -hmm. year later. Yeah. And 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 I thought I, I thought it was important because I wanted to get better. Right. And what's what was so fun for me is that the level two, I actually taught some of the, the staff members like how to use their words better. And it was, you know, because you have to be able to demonstrate a med ball clean and I physically can't do that. Right. So I would 
you know, use all of the cues that were given to you in, in the manual, but then I would sometimes make up my own and it would just click with people. And so to me, I'm, I'm really proud of that. Who do you remember who your instructors were at your level two? Um, I took the level two twice. I was very, very grateful for the opportunity to do that. Um, I can't remember my first level two. I do remember that Austin Bikibing was in my first level, was in my level one. And he and I created a very special relationship from that. Austin's the man. Uh, he's a yeah. really, really good dude. I love Austin. So you go to your level two, you're constantly improving. Prior to opening your affiliate, if we're moving somewhat chronologically, you developed cancer. Yeah. I, uh, and so in 2016, I, or 2015, technically, I, I met Ty uh, November of 2015. I don't want to bypass that. That's probably the most important story you can tell. <laughs> I know Ty's going to listen to this, and I want to make sure he knows that I think think highly of him. So you meet Ty. It's clearly love at first sight on your end. I don't know about his end, but I don't know. But uh, no, I got I got very lucky in the sense that we were dating about five months, and he was a firefighter EMT at the time, and we were dating about five months, and uh, we went on a date. We came home and. I sat up in my chair and I screamed so loud. And he was like, well, what's wrong? And I said, I don't know. I think I might have hurt myself rowing. And I remember saying those exact words because I did some, I think it was like a 10K or something that morning. And um, and he's like, well, let me look at it. And so there was a lump underneath my armpit. And he said, yeah, he said, babe, bone doesn't do that and neither does muscle. He said, we need to go to the doctor like, on Monday, because this was a Saturday night, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna be fine. He's like, no, we're we're gonna we're gonna go. And I remember you and I had just started a couple months before that had started our journey with the own your eating, um, and really just dialing it into my nutrition. And within weeks, I was losing a ton of weight, which which I was super proud of, and like I thought I was doing really well. And then the doctor had said, like, yeah, that's a common thing. And within, like, three weeks, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, uh, stage 3B. So we were dating five months, and literally, like, our entire lives got changed. Um, And I basically put everything on hold. I quit my job that I was working at at um, the local gym in Florida, and we moved to New York. So... Talk to me. My stepmother recently had cancer, brain cancer. She's a survivor. What's that reaction? What what goes through your head? And I don't know that it's better or worse. Like, is it like just like, all right, I've got CP, now cancer, like WTF? Like, what? be honest with the listeners that have never experienced this. Okay, you want to know honesty? These were the three questions I asked the doctor. Three legit questions I asked the doctor. I said, number one, I'm in a brand new relationship. Can we still have sex? He said, number two, am I going to lose my hair? And number three, am I going to die? And she said, yes, you can. No, you're not going to die. And yes, you're going to lose your hair. And I said, okay. And she looked at me and she said, I'm going to be honest with you. 
I've done a lot of work with people with lymphoma, but I've never worked with somebody with cerebral palsy before. So I was her first patient with CP. And I was like, oh, I've heard that before. So we created a whole logging system of what to look for for people with cerebral palsy. And I was actually cancer-free in seven weeks. So first of all, that's cool. She has a 100% success rate with cancer (laughs) with CP. Um, The order of your questions, probably the same order I would have asked. Like, sex, what's going to happen to my hair? (laughs) Am I going to die? But I I love it. I love it. I I mean, I remember being a part of your journey, and it was, you know, ups and downs, but ultimately it was amazing to see you recover. You lost your hair, but it came back even better, right? You still got a little yeah. bit of that that Jew curl going on like I got. Um, That's very intense. <laughs> so I love it. What Now, we, again, kudos to your man. You know, a lot of guys a few months into a relationship would have been like, cool, this has been fun. Peace. I'm out of here. Ty, you know, puts his life on hold, moves to New York with you. So the support system you had is incredible in, in him and, and the rest of the, the community just shows what the CrossFit community is all about. You, you, you battle through, you survive, you're cancer-free. Then, hey, life's getting easy again. How about I open my own affiliate? So Ty, Ty and I joke about this all the time, but he basically said that like in a weird way, I asked for a new challenge and that's why that's why I got cancer um and I would never I would never wish that on anybody I would never ask for that but in essence it was true right like I I needed something more and I didn't know it was going to be cancer but I had lived with cerebral palsy at that time for 26 years and I I knew my routine life was life was good and life was kind of not I mean, whatever, it was easy, you know? And so I had a new challenge in cancer. Then you beat cancer. Uh, A little known fact about my chemo situation was that I actually gained 80 pounds on chemo. Um, So a lot of people lose weight. I went through menopause um, and chemotherapy at the same time. Uh, And the menopause was reversible so that we could possibly have a kid someday. And the combination of hormones made me gain a ton of weight. So my body went from being extremely fit to like the complete opposite direction. And so I remember saying to my grandfather before I got sick that I really wanted to open a gym. When I had gotten sick, kind of put everything on hold. And then when Ty and I decided to move to North Carolina, I said, you know what? I I think I really want to start looking for space and and really doing my own thing. That didn't just happen overnight. Uh, I worked for three three other gyms before I opened my own gym here in North Carolina. I wanted to make sure that I liked the area, um, liked where we lived, and that it made sense. And so I actually live across the street from the gym, which is awesome. Perfect. Um, but, but in this area, there was nothing that I felt was around that was like my vision, right? I wanted to create this space where anybody could come in regardless of age, ability, or skill level and feel like they could be an athlete. 
um, you know, and, and that was really important to me. And so when I couldn't find it here, you know, we, we created it. <laughs> That's... So it's, it's been, been seven months now. And, you know, first of all, kudos to you again. You can't find it. A lot of people are like, ah, it's not here. It doesn't exist. No, I'm going to go out and do it myself. So that's pretty badass. You know, we were talking prior. You're over 50 members, which I get. We all want more members right away. But I, you know, encourage boxes all the time. Go slow. Keep those members. So you're you're successful. You're growing this box already. What What are some things as a box owner you were not expecting that you now deal with? And I'm not saying dealing because of CP or being in a chair, just someone's listening and they're thinking about owning a box. What were some like, oh, damn, I got to clean the toilets type of, you know, light bulb (laughs) moments for you? You know, I think for, for me, it was more of like, I'm a, I'm a big people pleaser and I want to make everybody happy all the time. I want people to be happy. And it, it's hard for me when somebody has, whether it's constructive criticism or they just flat out don't like something, and I automatically just want to change it for that person. And I've learned that, you know, just because one person doesn't like something doesn't mean I can change it for the, you know, however many other members that we have. So I, I'm really being challenged in that aspect to to look at it as though, you know, the business is a person. Ty is one of those people that constantly makes me think more logically. And um, I think that's why we work really, really well together is because I'm more of the emotion and he's extremely logical. And I remember when we first started and even as soon as yesterday, we talked about the fact that the business is kind of like that person that you have that or a friend that you have that may be deaf or mute and can't speak for themselves. And you are the interpreter of this person, right? And I'm still learning the fact that the business is its own entity. I am not the business, right? And so sometimes it's hard for me to differentiate the two. And so I think that's one of my biggest challenges right now is just trying to get less emotional about the business stuff and more logical about what the business actually needs. You know, and that's a tough lesson. And one I still deal with today. I don't even own an affiliate right now, but coaching at one, we do this job because we love it and we, we take it very personally and it's hard to separate yourselves as a box owner. When someone would complain, when someone would leave, like you just said, it would be, you know, what did I do wrong? What can I do to please this person? And I learned, trying to please everybody all the time is not possible. So, you know, you have to do for the right reason. And that's a great mentality where it's like, Hey, we're just working on this business as a third party entity. It's not me. It's not you, but what's right for the business. And that's, that's really sound advice. Is it everything you wanted it to be? You know, a lot of people go into business ownership and they're like, I can't wait. And then they're like, I don't like this. How do I get out? Are you enjoying it? I do love it. I think that it is challenging right now. You know, I, I, I just want, I want the business to be solvent and I want to be able to know that I am continuing to help people. I think 
like you said, one of the hardest parts is if somebody does choose to leave, you know, figuring out why they left or, you know, when people say that, you know, they, they can't afford it and you try to make it as affordable as possible, but you still have to keep the lights on, you know? And so at the end of the day, you're kind of weighing those pros and cons, but I love it. I mean, it gives me the opportunity to meet so many new people and still continue to sharpen my own skills and my, my coach's skills as well. They're, they're learning so much and we all learn from each other. So it's pretty cool. Along the journey, you also, as we said in your introduction, became Nike's first adaptive training athlete. What was that like? Where, how did that come about? Uh, you know, are you training with Michael Jordan? Uh, <laughs> you know, what's going on at Nike? So uh, Nike actually came about because right when I had finished chemo, I wanted to get back to training. And one of the biggest parts of my training was actually training with Chris Henshaw and doing a bunch of aerobic capacity workouts. And I was working with other companies and their shoes would only last, you know, two to three weeks at, at most because um, I drag my feet when I run. And uh, so I reached out to a friend of mine and I knew he was a Nike athlete. And I said, is there any way you could connect me with whatever connection that you may have? I don't really want anything. I just want to see if I can help them, you know, progress their product and see how it feels and if I can help them in any way. So I got connected with them. They sent me one pair of pink Nike Metcons and they lasted almost three months. And I was amazed at the, the difference in the material. So I gave them my feedback and we would go back and forth through email. And then I got a random email that said, hey, we're looking to expand to the adaptive community. We would love to be able to interview you uh, among, you know, a bunch of other people. And, uh, you know, we just want to get some insight from you. And I really thought nothing of it. So I did this phone interview. And apparently they had seven other athletes they wanted to talk to. And the next day, um, my Nike contact basically said to me, like, you blew them out of the water. Like, they don't even want to interview anybody else. So I was like, well, what are, what are you talking about? And he was like, well, we want to sign you. And I said, you want to do what? <laughs> and he said, yeah, you're, you're going to be part of the team. And so I am, I'm just going to clarify for people. I am not Nike's first adaptive athlete. I am Nike's first adaptive training athlete. So their training section basically involves all of the CrossFit, cross-training type of athletes. And so I am their first uh, adaptive training athlete. Right. Good clarification. You mean, you know, basically as a training athlete, you're amongst the, the people like Matt Frazier. And I'm not sure who are some of the other Nike yeah. training athletes. Josh Bridges. Uh, Noah, Noah Olson, Sarah Sigmund's daughter, um, Kenny Leverage, Cole Seeger. You got you got a ton of cool people, and then there's little me. So, <laughs> but you've you've made the trip out there, and I've seen the pictures you've posted where they are, you know, super welcoming. They don't treat you any differently. You know, then then nope. they do the the big dogs. Maybe a little less money, but uh, you know, you still get a pair of Metcons, so that's cool. You you know, in your journey, in your story, one thing that's unique is you seem to be a part of the iconic images of different events. 
most recently, Wadapalooza, right? You were like the yeah. culmination of this great event. Why are you always the person that is being featured in these pictures and videos? What is it about Steph the Hammer that just draws this attention? Well, I mean, with Guadalupe, I I created the adaptive division, so <laughs> the, I, think, I like it. I, I like it. The, I think they'll always have some sort of like, you know, Stouty does an amazing job, and he's he's taken that over for me. But I think I don't know. I think my energy and personality just really connects with people. I I don't know what it is about me. People ask me all the time, you know has your personality always been like this? And the answer is yes. Like, I've just always been, like, very outgoing. If I want something, I'm going to go after it. If I don't like something, I'm going to tell you. You know, I I remember with Romwad, because I, I helped them create this Wheel Rom um, program, I remember going up to Daniel and being like, hey, I think your program sucks. And he was like, what? And I said, yeah, I think it's great, but it sucks for people like me. And I, I'm just super blunt like that. And I think that, you know, it just connects with people and it, it's it's worked out. <laughs> I'll never be rude, but I'll always tell you what I think. Well, I think that's part of what people love about you is that you are honest. The world needs more honest people like you. You are one of the, you know, mother figures, if you will, of this whole adaptive community and movement ahead. Kevin Ogar on recently. I'm talking to Stouty and Logan soon. You know, what's it like to be an innovator in this? You know, you're changing the lives of so many people that probably would not have exercised, that probably, you know, would have dealt with some sort of chronic disease that we that we see due to, you know, nutrition or or whatever the case is, maybe depression. How do you feel knowing you've impacted so many people? amazing right you know you know I never woke up one day and was like I think I'm gonna change the world today like that's just not how that works but I think what's pretty awesome is I remember the day that Kevin Ogar got hurt I had no idea who he was and and I messaged him and I said I know life sucks right now but when you're ready I would love to be your friend because I think we could do amazing things and within months we had met each other. And I remember going into that meeting where it was Stouty, myself, Gustavo, and Kevin um, all in the same room for the first time. And when you put us in that room together for the first time, it was like magic in a bottle, man. Like there, there was, there are no words to really explain like what that friendship has meant for me or to me. And I think just over time, all of us, being as real as we are you know when you talk to Stouty Stouty is a straight shooter man and he'll tell it like it is and but he has one of the largest hearts I've ever encountered and so does Kevin you know and I think there was something just magical about our friendships and and what that was able to do for the community and we never have ever been jealous of each other's successes we've always been there for successes we've been there through sickness We've been there through failures. And I think, honestly, people just connect with that. And I think, you know, we each bring something different to the table. Kevin is is a brilliant programmer and he has so much knowledge and can bring so much to the table when it comes to, you know, being a trainer and being um, 
involved in the CrossFit community. And then there's Stouty that's basically given people a platform, right? And give it, and Stouty is literally on my wall as part of my gym and became, you know, part of our logo because I thought it was so important, right? And so I think we all bring something different to the table. And I think why people connect with us is because there's a little of, you know, a little something for everybody, if that makes sense. No, that makes total sense. What's your next challenge? You know, you said it, someone or a bigger being gave you cancer because you needed a new challenge. I don't know, right? Like, I'd be like, hey, I'm good. But what's your <laughs> next, you know, you got the box now. Obviously, you want to continue to grow it. Beyond that, what's Steph's big new challenge? Um, You know, Ty and I talk about this a lot. Like, I don't really know. I think I want to figure out a way to tell my story. Um, I don't know if that's going to be a book or it's going to be some sort of, of movie style or something of that nature. But I think that people need to understand that there is there's more to me than, you know, oh, girl in a wheelchair that does fitness or had cancer. You know, one of the things that I absolutely like hate the most is when somebody pats me on the head and people do that all the time and they say that, you know, I'm going to be healed by God at some point. And like, so I just, I want to show people that this is our norm, right? And I live the most fantastic life that I could ever dream of, right? And, and yes, not every day is perfect. I, I don't have the perfect life. You know, I have my ups and downs and I don't have the perfect days. And sometimes our relationship is not perfect, but it's real, you know? And at the end of the day, like, that's what I would want to show people. So I don't know in what kind of platform that's going to be, but I think that it's going to be time for me to do something like that. I can see maybe a Charlize Theron playing Steph Hammerman, Brad Pitt playing Ty. Brooke Shields. Now. <laughs> now she's a little too old now. She's a little too old. Oh. But yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um yeah. last thing, I always ask every guest if they have any books they recommend. Do you have any books you recommend that the listeners check out? Do I have any books I recommend? Um I what I I just uh, oh, Think and Grow Rich. Uh, I can't Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill. Think and Grow Rich um, is something that I've now read two times through. Um, and it's definitely made me think a little bit more outside of my comfort zone. Um, and that was on Ty's recommendation. And honestly, I, I would really recommend it to people that either really want to succeed in business or just really want to think outside of their comfort zone or outside their own box. Highly recommend that book. It was definitely eye-opening for me. It's kind of like the original secret, you know, the original book, The Secret. Yeah. So it's, it's really cool. Well, Steph, it's been great chatting. Anything we didn't touch upon that you wanted to put out there before I ask where people can find you? No, I think that, you know, we've covered a lot and I hope that if anybody ever has any questions of how to get involved in the adaptive community or anything like that, you feel comfortable enough to reach out and um, we're totally here to help you. So where can they reach out to you? 
So people can uh, find me in a bunch of different places, but online social media, you can always find me at Steph the Hammer or Hammer Driven Fitness. If you guys are in the Raleigh or Nightdale area, um, you can always come in to Hammer Driven Fitness or CrossFit HDF. Um, and I'm sure you can probably link an email or something below. Um, but uh, yeah, I would, I try to answer all my direct messages. So if you do have questions, feel free to reach out. Sounds great. Definitely reach out to Steph. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. You are the best. Thanks for coming on. And I look forward to watching your next challenge unfold. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. Take a moment, head over to the Apple Podcast app or Spotify or Google or whatever you use and leave us a review. It really means a lot to us and it's what allows us to spread the word. Also, share this with your friends, your family, your coworkers. Tell everybody at the box to listen to best hour of their day and let us know what we can do to provide you a better experience. Do you have topics you want us to talk about, people you want us to interview? We are here for you, the community. We're here to give back, and we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Best Hour of Their Day.